It's time for week two. Yeah. Week one is basically done. Let's preview week two for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and we're just normal men. We're just innocent men. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So we're here to do a preview for week two. I'm not going to go into your gigantic waiver wire. Man, this guy's must add. We've been covering all that in the What to Watch For shows, the Daily Look Ahead shows, the Daily Recap shows, and there will be a full dedicated waiver wire show tomorrow. This is more about planning your schedule, looking at streaming targets, which will include some waiver wire activity as well, but it is more very specific to the week two action. So if you're okay to take some L's and stash guys, which you absolutely should be willing to do, then just be really cautious about optimizing everything for schedule in week two. For some of you, you'll have the ability to do that because either your waiver wire doesn't have those players available or you're in a situation where you've had some roster spots open up due to injury. And then you might as well go hard and try to get the victory. But if it results in you dropping a player who I think is good, like I know the questions I get, a Kongwu or Walker Kessler or Jakob Pertl or I don't even know who else I'm getting questions about, do I drop this player? then no, you hold those guys and you don't use that spot to stream through the week, okay? Um, there are definitely players and someone will be like, what, are, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? They're, they're, yes, sure. There are going to be lots of different options. I can't cover every single player, although I do my best. Um, but that's generally the process. As we push further towards fantasy playoffs, your focus moves more from longer term into um, you know, weekly streaming aggressively. I like to look at a cutoff of around usually mid-November. With some players, I'll push that out to end of November, depending on the individual situation, just to let things settle, rotations settle, etc., etc. Let's talk about week two in the NBA. And those, uh, those blokes have done it again. Another stinking schedule as I hit the wrong button. That was great, wasn't it? This is the one that I meant to hit. It's a week two preview for fantasy basketball. It is, it's just weird the way they do this. I don't, I don't understand. I know there are sure there's reasons, but the schedule is one of my big bugbears in the NBA. Back to backs, three games in four nights, overloaded days, understuffed days. None of it really makes any sense. And you'll see what I'm talking about right here because we have got, as usual, seven days in a week, but it is unbalanced. There's 11 games on Monday, probably not a streaming day. Three games on Tuesday. Yeah, that's probably a little low, yeah? And then an insane 13 games on Wednesday. I thought 12 last week was bad. So we've got 11 and 13 on Monday, Wednesday. Absolute stupidity. And then four games Thursday, seven games Friday, eight games Saturday, five games Sunday. I love the end of the week there. That's really, really good. 
really good. The start of the week, horrendous. No reason. Maybe there is. Maybe that would ease, uh, you further lean into my problems of back-to-backs. But why couldn't we have seven on Thursday and nine on Wednesday and eight on Tuesday and nine on Monday? I don't know if those numbers exactly add up, but that would make a lot more sense, I would have thought. So that's how our week looks. Obviously, highly stuffed to begin the week and then easing off into some real stream territory as we get past um, Wednesday. In terms of the games that teams play, four games. There's a lot of teams playing four games this week. There's also a lot playing two. Weird two-game weeks here. Brooklyn, these are four-game teams. Brooklyn, Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, the Warriors, Pacers, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Magic, Suns, Blazers, Raptors, and Jazz have all got four games this week. It is, as usual, always very important to understand that it is not just about how many games a team plays. For weekly leagues, it is. If you're in a weekly changes league, that is important. For daily changes leagues, when a team plays is as important as how many they play. Some might say even it's more important because you can make an argument, and we'll talk about this later, that when we look at the schedule for the week, like the Phoenix Suns play all four of their games on low-volume days. The Dallas Mavericks play two. So when you're debating whether you're looking at a stream option or a guy to add from the Suns or the Mavericks, you'll play the Suns guys four times. You'll play the Mavericks guys twice, most likely. Or the Pelicans guys twice, or the Hornets, or the Bulls, or the Nuggets, or the Raptors, or the Jazz, or the Grizzlies. Or you add a Lakers player and you play them once versus... As we go through to look at the teams that play three games, which does include the Lakers, the Spurs play three games all on the low-volume days. So if you're adding a Lakers player, a Christian Wood, a Torian Prince, a Gabe Vincent, you might use them once. You add a Spurs guy, not really sure who that Spurs guy would be, that'd be sitting on your waiver wire, Trey Jones. You'd use him three times. It's a big difference. It makes such a huge difference. These are the teams that play three games for the week. The Hawks, the Celtics, the Lakers... Heat, Bucks, Wolves, Knicks, Thunder, Spurs, and Wizards. And like I said, there's big differences here. Most of these teams play only one quality game. The Spurs play three. The the, uh, Knicks play two. And the others all play one. So we look at those and the Spurs and the Knicks are way better than those other three game teams. And then we look at the, again, for some reason, extraordinarily high amount of two game weeks for this week. The Rockets, the Clippers, the Sixers, and the Kings all play only two games this week. The Sixers have got a weekend back-to-back in week one, Saturday, Sunday, and then they don't play again until Thursday. And then they have two games Thursday, Saturday on low, low low-volume days. So a weird schedule, but both of them run quality games. Whereas the Kings, the Rockets, and the Clippers, both, they only have one quality game. And the Clippers, one of the worst schedules I've ever seen, they don't play Monday, They play Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back, and then they're done. That's it. No Thursday, no Friday, no Saturday, no Sunday. So if you've added a Norm Powell, a Rob Covington, um, Terrence Mann, if he even returns, like you're getting zero for four days. Just a very, very... And again, for a team with as many back-to-back and injury concerns as they have, to give them a back-to-back on a week that they played two games is just ridiculously foolish. I I cannot stress to you enough how absolutely insane that is to me. But that's how it is. They're our two-game team. So when you're looking at streaming those guys in, the Sixers are a little bit better 
but they don't play until Thursday. Whereas the Clippers play early, um, but then they don't play again. And it's all about trying to maximize value. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Not only that, because you know, that's that's whatever. But what is important is they are exciting and it is easy, simple. You don't have to worry about fitting salary caps in or multiple millions of lineups and algorithms and spreadsheets and hours that you put in against the professionals. They just set a player projection and you say more or you say less for up to six players. And you can win up to 25 times back. You put 10 bucks in, you might get $250 back if you hit all six of them. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types. That makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. It's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And that will bring us into the next part of the uh, preview for the week because we are now looking at how the quality games play out. What is a quality game? I hear you asking as you tune into the show for the first time. A quality game is a term that we have... Uh, you know what? I'm not even 100% sure. I think we invented it at Basketball Monster, but it's from before I joined the company, so I, I don't know. But maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. We do use it all the time. What it is, and I have sort of changed the definition of a little bit to it, um, it is a day in the NBA where there are fewer than 10 games on. Because in a standard fantasy format, 10 starters, 3 bench, I say 10 starters, 4 bench... On a day where there are eight games on, you can almost 100% play all of your players. You don't have to make start-sit decisions. Once you go over nine into the 10-game territory, well, it gets a little bit iffy, and you might have to make start-sit decisions. So ideally, we want to look at the days where if we add someone off the waiver wire, we can definitely play them, especially from my perspective when I'm talking to people in thousands of different formats. I can't specifically tell you, well, you've got a guy available on Wednesday, but this other guy doesn't. So we use these quality game cutoffs to give you an idea of, hey, on this day, yeah, you can add blokes in. Always look at your specific league because you might have the ability on an 11-game Monday to actually stream it in depending on how your players look and what their individual schedule is. So when I say quality games, it's a day in the NBA where there is nine or fewer games and we look to target those days. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Five quality game days during the week. Now, the default for fantasy is four ads per week. So obviously, you can't just go and add someone on each of those quality games using that structure. If you've got seven ads per week, it's too many. But what you'd also like to do is get two streaming spots if you've got seven ads for the week and then still take advantage of some of this scheme to get way more games in. So what you need to do is you need to plan. You need to figure out what teams are in ideal situations. Phoenix, for the second week in a row, has the most quality games. All four of their games fall on days that aren't Monday, Wednesday. Phoenix plays Tuesday, Thursday, and then a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. Fantastic. There are three teams with three quality games. The Cavs, the Magic, and the Spurs. The Cavs and the Magic, they're a four-game team. The Spurs, as I mentioned earlier, all three of their games are on the low-volume days. Tuesday, Thursday, which is a back-to-back with the Suns, and they don't play again until Sunday. So they're teams with some value in terms of playing on those lower-volume days. There are, though, lots of teams with one quality game. Basically, all of the teams that play either three or two games, with the exception of the Knicks, the Spurs, and the Sixers. 
Every other three or two game team plays one quality game. So when you're looking to stream in a Laker, a Hawk, a Wizard, a Heat, a Celtic, a Thunder player, you might use them once for the week. And you've got to understand whether that is worth it, how it makes sense with your team roster, the ads that you've got left, and how you are planning out the week. And that is, again, part of what is part of fantasy basketball, and part of it that I don't always necessarily like, is trying to plan out to get the most games in for your squad. So how do we attack the stream zone then? Which is what I'm calling this stupid name, but let's go for it. How do we attack this? Again, we try to use a default here of four uh, ads for the week, and we try and maximize the games played. From what I can figure out, the most games you can get out of one roster spot with four ads is five, because there's five quality games. You can get, using the four ads, a game on every day, which is going to be better than holding your worst player who might have three games or four games. Now, early on in the season, we're not as focused on this because we can use some of these ads for panic drops. When someone drops a Kongwu or someone drops Pirtle or someone drops Wendell Carter or someone drops Markel Fultz, well, you use one of your ads to grab that guy irrespective of schedule. doesn't help that I use the Magic there who do have a great schedule for the week in terms of quality games. So we can use one of those ads for that. But if we're just focusing solely on streaming to get more games in, the most we can get out of one roster spot is five. So how do we do it? So we, get, we start off with a Tuesday-Thursday team. We avoid the 13-game Wednesday because, let's be honest, you're not finding someone off the wire who is going to slot into a starting spot. Maybe you do because someone dropped a really good player who becomes one of your 10 best, but again, beside the point. We grab a Phoenix player, a Orlando player, or a Spurs player. They have the Tuesday-Thursday, as I said, Phoenix against the Spurs. So maybe you factor that in as well, that those teams play each other. Will the Suns blow out the Spurs? Will the Suns have their players available? Is Beal or Booker going to play? I would think they probably are, but I don't know. But if they do play and it's a blowout, then you know how is the value of um, some of these Spurs players? Not that they're droppable, but maybe you see more minutes pump into Malachi Branham or more minutes pump into Charles Bassey or something like that. Then, after the Tuesday-Thursday, you look for a Friday-Saturday. And there are four teams that play the Friday-Saturday back-to-back. The Bulls, the Nuggets, the Nets, and the Pacers. That is one ad to grab a Tuesday-Thursday guy, another ad to grab a Friday-Saturday guy, and we've got four games from two ads. Really good start. And then what we do then is after the Friday-Saturday, we can drop that player and add whatever we need for whatever category we want to get whatever we need on the Sunday. Now, we still have two ads left, so that's one ad still in our pocket, and we've gotten five games out of one roster spot otherwise. It's the best you can do for the week coming up. So that's how we do it. We grab a Tuesday-Thursday, we then grab a Friday-Saturday, and then we stream on Sunday, one ad in our back pocket, and we use that for something else. Again, prioritizing longer-term value in week two versus scrapping and scraping and trying to get every single little game in for week two at the expense of longer-term value. This all, of course, applies strictly for head-to-head, not for Roto. When in Roto, we are not streaming because you will have almost definitely a games cap in general. I'm just putting my best 10 guys in there sitting them in those roster spots, and we make up games later on in the season. Don't stream in Roto. Don't interchange your bench into every spot every day in Roto. Don't do that, because that will, uh, I think, lead to some problems there for you. Um, All right. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. New offer now. 
It's a $5 money line bet and you get $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. You can do other things apart from money line after you've got those bonus bets in. You go in there with spreads or over-unders and totals and player props and futures, but you've got to hit that first $5 money line bet to get $150 in bonus bets over at Fangio. So go to Fangio.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. So let's go back into the uh, the week now. We've had a look at some stream zones. Let's look at some schedule quirks. We've got six teams who do not play on the weekend. The Knicks, the Thunder, Heat, Clippers, Bucks, and Wizards all have the weekend off. Why is that important? Well, when we get towards the end of a week in fantasy and we're screw- are we down games, are we you know, really battling here for steals, which is going to be the common one in nearly every category league, it's always like, oh, well, steals is up in the air. It's always the way it seems to go, right? Um, the teams that don't play on the weekend, if you have fringe guys from them, like you turf them after like Friday and you can grab somebody else in to try and get that category up if you are super chasing stats for this week. The other weird things for the week, the Clippers, again, don't play after Wednesday. So your Covingtons and Mans and Pals, maybe not Westbrook, but Zubats, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if he fits in that. Probably doesn't. But I think he might be that player in a few weeks. He's not quite there. Um, But there are no teams, thankfully, that play four games in five nights this week. There are a lot that play three games in four nights. And there are no teams that have two back-to-backs, apart from the Nuggets, who start the week with a Sunday-Monday back-to-back. Um, and then they have another back-to-back. When is their other back-to-back? On Friday, uh, Friday, Saturday. But there is no, there is no team that has two back-to-backs during the week, which is good news. The only, uh, the only team that's got that double is Denver. But there are a bunch of teams that do have two back-to-backs heading into the week. It's the Bucks, which you know we know Chris Middleton's going to sit one of those. Hawks, Lakers, Nuggets, Thunder, Blazers, and Warriors have the back-to-back Sunday, Monday. Watch obviously the Warriors with Paul, with Draymond, maybe with Steph. Um, don't think there's any problem with the Thunder or the Blazers or the Nuggets or the Lakers. I don't think we're going to have LeBron. We might have LeBron, actually. I don't think we'll have AD, though. Um, sitting in the Hawks, I don't think there's any uh, concern with any of that stuff for the for the coming week. So that's how the schedule plays out um, quirk-wise. What about for uh, weekly leagues? What are we looking at for nine-category weekly leagues? Who are the guys who are available who, if you added them, you would probably stick them into your starting lineup. I'm looking at this based on my projections for the week. These guys all come in as top 120 players, which when you're looking at a 12-team league with 10 starters, it means they would probably be startable for a vast majority of you. It won't be for everybody, but they're guys you consider and they are all available in over 50% of leagues. Let's start with Kobe White, who needs to just be rostered in all leagues anyway. But if you're debating that, you add him this week, four games, good stuff. Cole Anthony. Four games for the week. We already talked about the Magic having a great daily change of schedule. But in a weekly league, four games for Cole is getting good usage. It's great. I don't... Yeah, Taylor Hunt Tucker. Am I going to say it again? No, I'm not. But just he is the starter. He gets four games. I expect that he starts all four games this week for the Jazz, making him interesting enough to use through stat accumulation. The next two are a little iffy. They get by on volume, and that's Kelly Linick and Killian Hayes. But I could very easily go to shit for both of those guys. Uh, so they are borderline, whereas Karis Levert is, he can be harmful with his percentages, but I feel more confident that he accumulates the minutes and accumulates counting stats. The Olenek and Hayes one are, are iffy and borderline, but they do have four games. They are widely available, and they might be able to help you out if it's in the right situation. 
for points leagues, the guys that we can add for the week, which again, I think you would start, it's Horton Tucker, Kobe White, Cole Anthony, Karis LeVert, all feel really strongly about those. I've got Jalen Johnson in there. He only plays three games. Jalen Johnson for category leagues, yes, is a must roster. His schedule this week is not great. Three games and a bench play, even though he's played good minutes the first two. When you do come off the bench, there's not always a guarantee you're going to hit 30 or 31. He might play 25, and if in a three-game week he goes 25 in one of them, it does drop his value pretty significantly. Do not drop Jalen Johnson under any circumstance. He's clearly a must roster player, right? But just be cautious of that. In points leagues, I think he accumulates enough and... I just, again, want to highlight at him. Like, don't wait. The other one is Josh Kogi with four games for the week. He's not usually a particularly strong points league player, but the four games is good. The value for him has risen with a lot of these players injured. So there is some value in perhaps adding him here uh, with those four games on. Maybe that uh, maybe that gets you going and gives you a little bit of extra info or a little bit of extra value for the week coming up. And that is the end of the week to preview. I will be back later on with a Sunday streaming show. So if you are focused on Sunday, getting those guys in, some injury updates as well, we'll be back with that really soon. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're here on YouTube, you please, you thumb it up and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.